0: My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. up season two of the Everyday Espionage podcast. And this has been a really exciting season for me. I got to take your espionage education to a new, higher level from season one. I got to challenge some of the fundamental Western ideas that we have about things like active shooters or marketing funnels. We got to talk about the value of talent over passion. But the most exciting thing to me was that the Everyday Espionage podcast actually turned one year old just a few weeks ago during season two. The podcast has been a really powerful learning experience for me, and I hope that it's been a learning experience for you too. I'm still learning how to live a life outside of covert operations. I'm still learning how to Embrace the fact that I have to put myself out there. I have to share my voice. I have to share my face. I have to be the voice for those who don't have the privilege of talking because they are still serving. And that's a very cool opportunity for me, but it's also a very heavy responsibility that I am trying to learn my way through. And this podcast is one of the experiments that I am using to share. The knowledge that I have, but also the knowledge that all those covert operators share with you. When I released the first episode of season one, an episode called Information Versus Intelligence, I really had no idea what to expect. I recorded that episode in front of a live audience of about 20 people, and we were all there as part of a charity event. About 30 days after the release, I started checking my metrics on downloads, and I only had 25 total downloads for that first episode. I tried to stay optimistic, but the feeling that I had was that either people didn't like my message, or people didn't believe my message, or maybe they just didn't hear my message. Maybe it was a combination of all three. I didn't know. But today, as you and I wrap-a-bow up on season two, I actually look back at that same first episode that we recorded a year ago, and now that episode has 10,000 downloads. The podcast, Everyday Espionage Overall, has 106,000 downloads. This podcast has gone from a few dozen downloads a month at the end of 2018 to between eight and 9,000 downloads a month at the end of 2019. And the truth is, I'm not doing anything different. I'm still just talking to a microphone for a few minutes every few weeks, just like I was doing a year ago. The difference in this podcast, the power that makes this podcast grow is you. It's not me. You are listening. You are learning. You are the one applying and winning and sharing, and I just get to watch. Every now and then, I'll get an email or uh, an Instagram message, I'll get a ping on LinkedIn from someone telling me that EverydaySpy.com and the Everyday Espionage Podcast are making a difference in their life. When I get that kind of message, I just I pick up the microphone again, and I record again. In espionage, the greatest risk to our success doesn't come from someone wearing a suicide vest. It doesn't come from a foreign hacker. It doesn't even come from a hostile intelligence service. The risk that we have in intelligence comes from within ourselves, a natural cognitive response that's called assumption. Assumption was the same feeling that I had 30 days after my first podcast episode when I was feeling like I was failing, when I was feeling like nobody was listening, when I was feeling like the podcast was never going to work. Those were all assumptions. Assumption is defined as a thing that is accepted as true or certain without proof. That is the definition. Something accepted as true or certain without proof. An assumption is dangerous. It's Very dangerous to intelligence officers for multiple reasons. Sometimes we might assume our information is accurate when it's not. We might assume that we are meeting with a secure asset. We might assume that we are free of surveillance or external threat. But even though intelligence officers know not to make assumptions, the brain is much more clever than we realize and it can actually mask assumptions as something else, like experience or expertise or wisdom. There's a wall of honor on the ground floor at CIA that's dedicated to heroes who lost their life in clandestine service to the United States. Some of those heroes were lost because an expert did not realize that information was not accurate. Others were lost because an experienced officer trusted the wrong asset. We even lost some because wisdom overlooked an immediate threat. Assumptions are a natural mental process, and the brain develops this process to help us. Assumptions help us make rapid, repeat decisions without having to process through a bunch of historic information. Assumptions help us avoid thinking and rethinking about everyday risks like crossing the streets or driving too fast or touching hot objects. Assumptions are the reason that you eat the food you like and avoid the food you don't like. They're very helpful in many ways. And the brain knows assumptions are helpful, and that's why the brain is programmed to build new assumptions and continue relying on old assumptions. But the problem with assumptions is that they are based on subjective information That we've collected in the past. Assumptions are built by the subconscious based on feelings and experiences. So if you drove fast in high school and never got a ticket, you assume you can still drive fast now. If your heart was broken in college by a guy or a gal from Texas, you might still curse that state today. If binging on Dunkin' Donuts on Saturday morning made you feel good as a kid, you might still head for Dunkin' Donuts after a stressful work week. But assumptions are not actually based in objective fact. Remember, the definition of an assumption is that it is something treated as truth, even though it cannot be proven. So objectively speaking, speaking in fact... 112,000 people get speeding tickets every day. It doesn't matter whether or not you got caught in high school. Texas consistently ranks in the top three most hospitable, most friendly states in the United States. I'm sorry that the guy or gal who broke your heart was an outsider from that culture. And donuts cause blood sugar spikes that can actually kill your mood and lead to long-term physical and mental health issues even though that's true yes there is a dunkin donuts on the ground floor at cia headquarters and yes on a stressful day we still go but my point here is that assumptions hurt us they hurt intel professionals in the field and they also hurt everyday people at home but there is a way that you can combat assumptions and win it's a tool a tool that we call assessment In human operations, we use assessment to counterbalance our own natural assumptions. Here's how assessment works. First, assessment is scaled for time. So that means current information actually carries more weight than historical information. Scaling time this way ensures that current information is absolutely considered and leveraged before we make a decision remember that assumptions rely on historic information first. Assumptions are sometimes so strong that you might see information that stands in contrast to your historic experience, and you will still choose historic experience over current information. Assessment prevents that from happening. Assessment forces us to consider current information before we make a decision. It offsets our risk of making an assumption. Second, Assessment is based in objective fact. That means it has to be proven to be true. Assumption is not objective, and assumption does not prove true. But assessment must be based in fact, and it must be proven true before it is brought into the decision-making matrix. There has to be evidence to support an assessment, or else the assessment is considered invalid. This is especially useful when you bring a group of people together. Multiple people of course have different backgrounds and they all have different assumptions. But by bringing a group of people together and focusing them on assessment on observable objective fact, now you can make sure that all 36712 all people at the table can communicate clearly and come to a shared decision based on observable actual facts, independent of whatever assumption they bring with them from their past. Lastly, assessment is constant and ongoing. We are never done with assessment. That might sound stressful, that might sound unpleasant, but it's incredibly useful because it means that there's never a last chapter to a case. There's never an end to the story we are always constantly assessing because there's always new information. And if you remember, the first thing we did is scale assessment for time. So current information always carries more weight than past information. So when you combine that first element with the third element, that assessment is always constant and always ongoing, what that means is you have a constant stream of new information from which to assess and make decisions independently from historic assumptions ongoing assessments ensure that sources operations threats are always under constant scrutiny whether it's 10 days or 10 years intel officers can lean on assessment and protect themselves against the cognitive flaw that is human assumption now all of that sounds very academic it sounds a little bit heavy in the psychology realm so let me give this to you in a real world example that I lived through in 2011. My wife and I were traveling and we were in Hanoi, Vietnam as tourists. There are not a lot of tourists in Hanoi, Vietnam. And that was part of the reason that we went. But if you'll stick with me, I I think you'll see the power of assessment and the risk of assumption. Hanoi is an incredible city. It's full of history. And much of that history ties back directly to the war that we fought in Vietnam less than 50 years ago. And when you look around the city of Hanoi, you still see the scars of the Vietnam War all around. In Vietnam, the roads look just like they do in Western countries. They're paved, there's curbs, there's stoplights and crosswalks and stop signs. Everything looks very familiar. But aside from the asphalt and the concrete and the aluminum, Vietnamese roads could not be more different than what we see in the West. Cars and trucks, buses, scooters, bicycles, everybody drives by at basically any speed they choose anywhere in the road that they choose. There are lanes drawn in the street, but there are no lanes that are actually practiced on the road. Every possible inch of road is filled with some two-wheeled or three-wheeled or four-wheeled vehicle. And when the road runs out, people in those vehicles just start driving on sidewalks. They drive in front lawns. They drive any place that is not blocked by some permanent obstacle. When you're walking around Vietnam, it's a little bit like Frogger meets Grand Theft Auto. It's a total mess. You you don't know what to expect. It's just flat-out stressful to a Western mind to go outside anywhere close to a road. When you visit Hanoi, every assumption that you ever had about pedestrian safety in the West goes on red alert. You don't dare walk into the streets with all that chaos going on. You feel the need to just press yourself against the nearest wall or hide behind some kind of barrier. All of your experience, all of your wisdom, your expertise, just tells you, stay away, hide out, and hope to survive. But your assumptions are wrong. And my assumptions were wrong when I was in Hanoi. You see, crossing the street in Hanoi is actually no more dangerous than crossing any other street in the world. You just have to understand how to cross the street. In the United States, you look for a crosswalk and you wait for a light to go on and then you step out into the street when the light is on and the cars have stopped and you cross on this crosswalk. And then over, after a few seconds, a light starts to blink and you know to walk a little faster and then a, the, the light turns into a, a red stop sign and you know not to step out in the street. That's what we're all accustomed to in the West. There is no light in Hanoi. There's a crosswalk, but there's no little white walking symbol. There's no safety signal. There's nothing like that. And even the crosswalk itself is optional. In Hanoi, if you want to cross the street, all you have to do is step out into the street. It's the creepiest, most anti-Western thing you can imagine. But you just take a step out. And you walk slowly. One foot in front of the other, slow and steady, in the same direction, all the way until you cross to the other side of the street. Yes, there are hundreds of vehicles on the road. Yes, they are all driving fast. They're honking at each other. They're yelling at each other. They're making noise. But you just step out and you walk one step at a time. And every vehicle on the road from garbage trucks to tuk-tuks and everything in between, will actually veer left or right to steer around you. It is an absolutely terrifying experience to the average Westerner, but it works. Yes, you feel like bullets are passing all around you. Yes, you feel like you have some sort of divine shield protecting you, but you will cross the street safely, and you will cross the street safely every time. When I was there, I was watching others do it. I did it myself. It was incredible to see that this culture was grown around this idea that you can just go wherever you're going and the flow of traffic will divert to flow around you. That process of crossing the street in Hanoi, one step at a time, is an assessment process by itself. You take a step, you look at the results, and then you take another step each step, you assess your success of the step you just took, and then you choose to make a decision based on current information about when to step again. Now, you still have all the experience and all the wisdom of your lifetime in the West still pressing in the back of your mind, and that knowledge is still there, but you have to fight the assumption to run, that instinct to stop or go back You are in the middle of an assessment, and you are taking a step each time in the current environment based on the information you are assessing. Your assessment will not tell you to go back. Your assumption will. Your assessment tells you this first step worked. The people are moving. Let's take another step. Your assessment tells you not to stop. Your assessment tells you true factual current information and exactly what you need to know right now to be successful. When I was in Hanoi, I had the misfortune of seeing a European couple get hijacked by their assumptions when they tried to cross the street. It was a terrible thing to see. The couple got spooked, they panicked, They tried to run back to their starting point from the center of the street. The local drivers were not expecting them to do that. And even though the local drivers braked and swerved and tried not to hit this couple, it didn't work. My assumptions pressure me all the time. They tell me that I should be selling more and giving away less. They tell me that CIA is going to shut me down and everything that I'm working to build is going to be lost or taken offline. My assumptions tell me that I'm no different than any other CIA officer out there writing books or doing interviews or trying to run a business. There's nothing special about Everyday Spy or the Everyday Espionage podcast. These are all assumptions based on historic feelings constantly pressing against my mind. But assessment is what keeps me going because assessment is giving me objective information right now. That's information I can rely on. That's information I can leverage. And assessment shows me that people like you are listening and learning and growing from this information. Assessment tells me that CIA hasn't stopped me yet. They've approved books I've asked them to approve. They've even sent me Former and current officer notes that reach out and encourage me to keep teaching. And the thing that might make me different from the other CIA officers out there is that I am living the same lessons that I teach, like this lesson about Assumption and Assessment. Assessment is an invaluable tool. I use it. Professionals use it. I want you to use it too. Recognize that all people make assumptions. Our brains are wired to make assumptions. Those assumptions help us save time and and they help us cut mental corners. But we have to resist the urge to rely on assumption, to rely on subjective experiences from the past when we're trying to make new decisions today. Instead, lean on current information, on objective observable facts, on objective reality when you want to succeed in any given moment when you do when you lean on objective reality when you avoid subjective assumption you are using a skill that anyone can gain but very few ever master and that is everyday espionage everyday espionage is dedicated to one thing Educating everyday people. I know that not everybody will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. I have so much more to share with you. Find me on social media, at Everyday Spy, or on my website, www.EverydaySpy.com. And if you are up for a special challenge, check out Operation Real Time and let me take you on an authentic spy training mission. Above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.